Are y'all having a phenomenal Sunday? Come on. I want you to just really just give the Lord a big praise offering in here this morning. Hallelujah. I am super excited. I'm super excited. I'm going to have fun today. I hope you're going to have fun. I'm excited about what I'm preaching today. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to have a fun time in it. Hey, I want to take a second, though, and tell you about it. I know we've already taken up the offering, but uh, there's a white envelope that's on your chair. We're a very generous house. We love to give, and uh, we're part of a, uh, we're, we're licensed through a, our ministry license. Several of us here are licensed through what's called Destiny, and uh, they're doing an offering. They're taking up an offering to send out next week or the next week to um, the Bahamas for, for recovery. They're actually going to take the offering down there and buy supplies and help. I, 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 that's a very devastated place, and so if you would take this little envelope and if you can't do it today, maybe next Sunday's a better time for you. That's okay. They'll receive the money. But just, just put, it, put it in uh, the envelope, the white envelope, and uh, put in the, if you write a check, just put it in there uh, for the Bahamas and just place it in one of our giving boxes outside. And we're going to bless the Bahamas with uh, some money from the harbor so we can help them in their recovery effort. And we all have experienced that down here in South Louisiana. Can I get a better amen? And so we know what it is to feel that and to experience that. I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning. I'll be reading from a very familiar passage of Scripture in Ephesians 6 and uh, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. I'm going to try to preach as fast as I can today uh, because I have, I have a lot to cover. But I, at the same time, I, I, will, I will slow down if I need to because I want to make sure you get it. So uh, touch your neighbor and say, well, you need to get it. You need to get it. It's going to be good. I'm excited about it. So... Uh, and scripture says this in Ephesians 6 and verse 10 said, finally, everybody say finally, finally. be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I want you to say his might. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't do it. You got to have him to do it. You, it's his might. It's his might. Can I get a better amen? He said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, against the wiles of the devil, against the confusion of the devil, against the lies of the devil, against the tricks and deceit of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor. Everybody say the whole armor. So one piece of it's not going to be good enough. You need the entire equipped plan of God in your life take up the whole armor that you might be able to withstand in the evil day having done all then to stand firm stand therefore how many stands are right there quite a few stand therefore having fastened up the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as the shoes of your feet having put on readiness to give by the gospel of peace and in all circumstances take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit and the word of God pray at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert to that end 
keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, when it says all the saints, it's not talking about the New Orleans saints. They're going to need prayer tonight playing Dallas, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about for all the saints. So you're responsible for praying for the world. Everybody say, I'm responsible to pray for the world, for all the saints. Not just the one sitting by me on Sunday morning, not just, the, not just my neighbor, but all the saints that I'm an, I'm an intercessor. I'm a prayer warrior for all the saints. I want Matt to come help me this morning. He said, there stand for having fastened on the belt of truth. Having the belt of truth. It's, 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 it's important that we understand that we got to fasten on this belt of truth. He's going to help boom, fasten it on me. You're going to come up. Can you reach around all that belt of truth that's already there? The, and the first, the first piece of armor is the truth. Everything is founded on the truth. There is no foundation that is built on, on any other thing. The truth is the truth. Everybody say the truth is the truth. The truth is the uncertainty. That's, when we don't know the truth, it's the uncertainty. It's the void of truth. So I, I got a lot of things going on right there, but I want to help you out with that this morning. I know everybody says, now I preach the truth, but I'm going to tell you where the truth comes from. The truth comes from this word. This validates the truth. The truth will always triumph. The truth will always come forth. So where there is truth, there is also lies. And we know that from John 8, that Satan is the author and the father of lies, and that he is a deceiver. John 10, 10 tells us this, that the thief comes only to steal, <coughs> to kill, and to destroy. He says, but I have come that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. Not only is Jesus the word, but he is the truth. And he said, I've come that you might have life and to have it more abundantly. I want you to hear me today. When you have Jesus in your life, you have truth in your life. When you have Holy Spirit in your life, you have truth in your life. And when you learn to listen to the voice of God and you learn to listen to the leading of the Spirit, you will be able to navigate through any circumstance in your life. Can you hear me today? It don't matter what you're going through. It don't matter what's happening in your life. It doesn't matter what storms come your way. Truth will always set you free. Give the Lord a clap of praise for that this morning. There's another piece of armor that's attached to the belt of truth. Every piece of this whole armor that we're going to talk about today is attached to this belt of truth. You can have the breast, best breastplate of righteousness, I'll get it out in a minute, and not have the belt of truth, and you may lose what you have because this belt attaches all these pieces of armor. Now, it's not going to actually happen today, but you got the picture. Who are we to be understand that we are founded in everything that's founded in our life and every knowledge that we have comes from this belt of truth. And if we know who we are in Christ, he cannot steal our identity. He cannot steal our worship. He cannot steal our praise because we know who Jesus is. We are the children of God, and he has given us the grace and the power to overcome. Somebody said, I'm an overcomer. No, you didn't say that like you really meant it. I want you to say, I am an overcomer. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody need to help me preach a little bit this morning. I am an overcomer. You know, we don't, we don't got to, we got to believe the truth. We got to believe that he, if he said it and we're ident our identities in him, then we will overcome no matter what comes our way. 
The second thing is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers the heart. Now, I, I, I started studying on the heart here, and I think I'm going to save that for a whole other series, but I just want to touch on this just a little bit. The heart is the central organ that moves the rest of the body, both physically as well as figuratively. So I'm going to be talking today not only about the natural heart, but also the spiritual heart. And we've been given a new heart, and we give our lives to Christ. He gives us a new heart. He gives us new understanding. He gives us truth. And the enemy would like nothing more than to place a fiery dart in the middle of our heart. The enemy would like nothing more than to pierce the heart of every believer with a fiery dart of a lie or deceit or something of that nature. This is why we need to have to put on the breastplate of righteousness to cover our heart, to protect us, to protect the righteousness of God. Isaiah 66 and, uh, 64 and 6 says, We have all become like one who is an unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. Here's the deal. I can't be good enough with all my good. I can't act good enough. I can't, I can't go through this life. Listen, Paul said there's nothing inside of me that's good. I can't be good on my own. I can never be a Christian just out of my own works. I will fail. My righteousness is filthy rags, polluted garments. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, you got to get this here today. If I try to be righteous, I'm going to fail. But because I know him who knew no sin, because I have put on him, I've clothed myself with the goodness of God, with the grace of God, with the mercy of God, I became his righteousness. Somebody ought to shout and praise God for that. We are daily in a spiritual battle, and we need to put the breastplate of righteousness in our lives. Come on, put that on me here, this, this, this breastplate. This is kind of a small gear here. All right, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling like macho right now. The enemy, the enemy tempts us with all kinds of sinful entanglement. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have kept the, uh, the course. I have finished this battle. Because why? Because I put on God's righteousness in my life. I put on God's righteousness. And so, you know what? It doesn't matter what the enemy comes against me with. I'm going to win because the righteousness of Christ is going to cover me. The righteousness of Christ is going to help me. So when the enemy comes in. The scripture says when the enemy comes in like a flood, guess what? The Lord is going to raise up a standard against him. What is that standard? It's the righteousness of God. It's the truth of God that's in us. And he gives us power to overcome. Give me that bag of shoes down there. He says, shoes for your feet, putting on the readiness, giving by the gospel of peace. Now, I have never preached this right here before in my life. I've always kind of just passed over these little shoes, the gospel of peace. But I, I, I'm excited. Bring them up here. Put them up here. So I can reach them. People who use specialized footwear understand the importance to having the proper shoes to do the task that's before them. If they're in sports, they need the right shoe to do whatever they're doing. They need the right footwear. And if they put on the wrong footwear, it causes problems. They need the protection. You know, a person working in a plant. Now, this is not actually a steel toe boot because I don't have one, but pretend with me. People working in environments where they're under construction and they're plants, they're required to wear a steel toe boot. 
And that steel-toed boot is to protect them. It's to protect them. They're also required to have a, a, a sole that doesn't absorb the oil and the sticky stuff, but yet still has a grip on it so they won't slip under the pressure of life. A runner needs a running shoe, something that he could trust in, something that he knows is light enough to carry but has the right grip on it, has the ability to help him. I, 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 I wish I had my hiking boot. I forgot one. A hiking boot needs to be tall to, to support the ankles so when you're climbing up the mountainside and, and, and you're climbing up, you have something to support your ankles so you won't turn your feet. And, 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 and maybe a hiking shoe like this that has good grip on it. I'll tell you what, I, I bought these shoes last year before I went to California, and I was surprised at how different it is between this shoe and just wearing a tennis shoe. I had tennis, I had a bunch of tennis shoes, but I bought these hiking shoes, these, and, and they would grip when I was climbing up the hill, and they were, they're designed with the right tread in mind, where a tennis shoe is designed to run on the road or to run on a, 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 a heavier pavement. And I love my Tevas now. My, my, these, these are a little dirty. I didn't realize they were so dirty. But I love my Tevas because, you know, the Teva helps me because it also has a grip for me, but it's aired out. I can get in the water with it, and, and it'll dry off quickly. It's the proper footwear for the proper application. Then there's the old flip-flop. And I thought about this because Christians go around all times with flip-flops on, and that's why they're flipping and they're flopping. That's why they're making all, they get, get through life, and they try to, flip-flop around and their shoes are kicked off and you know you ever tried to run in a flip-flop you, you ever tried to exercise in a flip-flop you if, if you went to run a race and we're in the middle of a race you wouldn't put a flip-flop on to do the work of a hiking shoe or to do the man if you showed how many of you guys work in a plant if you showed up if you showed up at work come on guys at the plant with a flip-flop on they would send you home and oftentimes we go through our life trying to do what God's called us to do with a flip-flop. And we're just flipping and we're flopping and we're flipping and flopping all over the place. But he's called us to put on the right shoe, the, the shoe of peace. And so that when we get in the heavy terrain and we get in the difficult times, that we don't get nervous because we have peace in our heart, because we have been put on the right footwear, and we can go through the difficult times with a steady foot and a steady understanding. When we stand on the gospel, we know that we have secure footing and that no matter what we face, we will not be shaken. And we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And we will not fall short because He will pick us up. When we do fall, He will carry us up, uh, pick us up and carry us. And He has forgiven us of our sins. Aren't you glad your sins are forgiven this morning? So we know we put on the shoes of the gospel, giving us great peace and confidence, believing that everything is possible, that anything is possible. And we believe that we have already been given the victory and that the battle has already been won. I wish I could just get somebody to believe this morning that your battle's already been won. Your battle has already been fought and won. You just need to go with what God has already given you. You need to learn how to walk in that place of peace, trusting in the Lord. And this is the one everybody likes to preach about. It's the shield of faith. It's the shield of faith. The shield of faith was covered from the, with a heavy animal hide. And before the battle, they would, dip it in, uh, they would dip this shield in some water so that the fiery darts, when they would hit it, they would be extinguished. And so they had the shield of faith. It was dipped, dipped in the heavy wa in the water. Ooh, I broke the shield. <laughs> powerful. I'm powerful. 
Amen. Let's turn it up this way. All right. So they have the shield. It was dipped in the heavy water, extinguishing those fiery darts that would come against us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we dip the shield in the word of God, come on, somebody help me preach a little bit this morning. When we dip the shield in the blood of Jesus, when we dip the shield in the truth of God, nothing can harm us. We have, we, we can, every fiery dark that comes against us bouncing off. Every fiery dark coming against us is extinguished because we have already prepared ourselves for battle. Sometimes we think the shield is to hide behind, and I understand the philosophy behind hiding behind it, but the truth of the matter is the shield is not something we hide behind. It's really something that we use to drive off the enemy. We drive off the enemy. It's not just a defensive mechanism. It's an offensive mechanism. Because when we know the word of God and we have the shield of faith, we can proclaim things in the spirit and God begins to do a work in our lives. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. We need to dip our shield in the word every morning. Come on, you're going to go out with your little shield. You say, well, I got the shield. I got the shield. But I hadn't dipped it in the word. I dip it on Sundays. Well, what you going to do with the devil on Monday? I, I dip my shield on Sunday, and I hope it stays wet till next Sunday. Well, listen, I, don't, I, well, I wish now I had a big old bucket of water. Wait, I got one right over here. I dip my shield. Yeah. I got it dipped on Sunday, but it's dried out on Monday. I got to get in that prayer room on Monday and, and I got to dip it again. I got to dip it on Tuesday because the enemy did say he's just going to hit us on Sunday. Are you with me this morning? You, you, you can't just have a shield, but you got to have that shield dipped in the blood of Jesus. You got to have that shield dipped in the power of his word and saturated in prayer. Thank you. And then there's the helmet of salvation that comes... That, we, that comes, we need that helmet of salvation. It's the moment that we put our trust in Jesus. It's the finished work of the cross and knowing that everything is going to be well. We continue to work out our salvation through this process of fear and trembling. We, we continue to work out our salvation through sanctification. And we need the helmet. This helmet hurts. I've already tried it on. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, is used to protect our minds and our thoughts in the battle. We need the helmet of salvation to protect our spiritual mind in the spiritual battle as we fight. Here's what Philippians says this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For if it's God who works in you both the will and to do his work and his good pleasure we got to work this thing out. we got to have the, the helmet on. we got to have the breastplate on. And we got to be ready for battle. 2 Corinthians says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy every stronghold. And we destroy every argument and every lofty opinion that rises against the knowledge of God. And take out every thought captive to obey Christ. I want you to be the devil for just a minute. And I want you to sling some thoughts over this way. Just, you know, like pretend. So he's slinging over some thoughts. Bing. I got on the helmet of salvation. He's throwing over a thought. The devil's trying to lie to you. 
and you got this you got the helmet this thing is huge and, and, and you're and you're protected from the thoughts let me tell you something let me preach to you just a little bit if you say you never have any bad thoughts you just had one if you ever think when you're driving down the road you have some bad thoughts come on well I see somebody elbowing somebody right here in church today you just had a bad thought because you thought I was preaching to them we have these bad thoughts that come to us. We've got to have the helmet of salvation on in our life, to, not because we, we don't hear the bad thoughts, because we throw the bad thoughts off. That's right. we, we, we cast that off. We protect our mind and our thoughts from the enemy and from what the enemy is trying to say. And we keep the helmet of salvation in our life. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Y'all having fun this morning? I'm having fun. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power. Destroying. Destroying. Everybody say destroy. destroy. We destroy every argument. We destroy every lie. Everything the enemy throws at us, we have the power to destroy. We protect our thoughts from the deceiver. We protect our thoughts from the enemy trying to tear down and to bring strongholds in our life. Colossians 2 says this. Fasten all your treasures of heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with distractions of this natural realm. I got to take this off. You got to fill your thoughts with heavenly thoughts. You got to fill your thoughts with this word, not the distractions of this earthly realm. We got to have a heavenly thought pattern. And what, what, you know, we make this, what, what would we do in a situation when we look to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, and he brings heavenly thoughts to us? We overrule earthly realm. We overrule the thoughts of this earth because we have placed in our life the helmet of salvation. Can I get a better amen? amen. Last but not least, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, listen, every time I've ever preached this before, I brought out a big old sword. I brought out a big old sword this big. I got to studying about this. The sword of the Spirit was not a big old sword like that that, that was referring to a little small hand-to-hand -hand combat sword that they carried close to them. It was for close encounters. It was for when the enemy comes in close and the enemy's coming. You got a hand-to-hand -hand sword that you got ready to use. I got all excited about that because... You know, we carry, we carry the Word of God not only in our heart, not only in our, our, our written Word, but we carry the, the Word of God in many different places, maybe on your cell phone, maybe, maybe in your pocket, maybe in a close place near to you. But we, got, we have this Word of God, and this, 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 this is the sword of the Spirit. The Scripture says the sword is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing. It's a small little sword that doesn't look like much, but it wins in the middle of the combat. Now, I'm going to tell you something about knowing the Scripture. I'm not very good. I'll be honest with you. I'm not very good at quoting the Scripture and telling you exactly where it's at in the Bible by, you know, this verse and this, this chapter, this verse. I'm not, I'm not the best at that. But it's amazing to me when I get in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Come on. Come on, I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. When I get in hand-to-hand -hand combat with the enemy, because I've hid the Word of God in my heart, all of a sudden I begin to... Whoosh, regurgitate those scriptures that have been poured into me. You know what I'm doing? I'm taking the sword, and I'm going hand-to-hand -hand with the enemy, and I'm taking out the enemy with the word. 
Are you with me this morning? That's why it's so important for us to continue to daily. And everything I'm preaching today is based around this word, this whole armor of God, and that we can stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. It's the only thing listed in this passage of Scripture that's both defensive and offensive when it comes down to the weapon. When we go into the battle, we don't use the shield of faith to beat down the enemy. It just reflects the darts. We don't go into battle, we don't use the shield of faith. I'm going to try not to hurt you, man. We don't use the shield of faith to try to get, ooh, get away from me, enemy. We, we, don't, we don't go and say, well, I'm just going to throw my shoe at you. I'm throwing my flip-flop. I'm throwing, I'm throwing my shoes. I'm going to throw the helmet against you. I can't take this off that fast. Get me out of this thing real quick here. Lord, have mercy. Tore off my glasses, everything. I'm going to throw, throw this plate of righteousness at you. No, it, then all of a sudden we've thrown away the... You're going to have to build that before church next. If you we've thrown away all of our gear. We know he gave us a defensive mechanism so that we can keep all of our armor on. And we can go hand-to-hand combat. I'm not going to stab Matt for y'all this morning. But you go hand-to-hand combat and you take out the enemy. This is the same sword when we're tempted in the wilderness that Jesus used. He said he was in 40 days of fasting. And the devil came to him and said, well, if you're really hungry, why don't you turn those stones into bread? And Jesus said, very classical statement that we should use more often, it is written. I don't need to say anything else. I don't need to throw anything else at you. I'm just going to declare that it's written. It's already been done. Let me get out here and praise a little bit. It is written, and what he has already declared is already my promise. Too many of us scramble in the time of battle when we all we have to do is go back to what the beginning of the verse was and stand. If you notice that all of this gear, that there was no protection for the back because he never intended for us to retreat. He never intended for us to go back or to run away, but he intended for us to go head on into the battle and to stand firm. I know what it feels like when the enemy comes against you in all kinds of ways. But I want to encourage you this morning not to throw your shoes away, not to throw your helmet at the devil, and not to get rid of your shield, but to take out the sword of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. And say, I'm going to take the devil on, and I'm going to use the Word of God on him, and I'm going to take him out. We have power over the enemy. What time is it? Man, I'm doing good. Jesus said, it is written, man cannot live by bread alone. By every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The word is our sword. And we can tell Satan when he comes against us, it is written. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And I will hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him 
the last thing it says, and this is where I'm going to close. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Are you with me this morning? Say this with me. Praying at all times. Praying at all times. I want to confess before you this morning the truth. I have never in my life, ever in my life, fell prey to the enemy when my prayer life is where it should be. You hear me this morning? I'm not telling you that I've never fell prey to the enemy. I'm telling you that in my personal walk with God, I've never fell prey to the enemy when my, my shield was dipped in the word and dipped in prayer and dipped in the power of God. When I had on the helmet of salvation, when I, had on, when I was carrying the sword of the spirit in my hand, when I had the right shoes on, when I was doing the right thing, when I had the belt of truth on in my life, I have never felt prey to the enemy when I was interceding in prayer and praying for all the saints. David fell prey to the enemy when he stopped praying. When he got out of the battle that he was supposed to be in, he then fell prey to the enemy. I want to help you this morning. We cannot take prayer out of our lives. Prayer cannot be a thing that we do when all of hell hits us and all problems come our way, then we pray. Then we start calling on God. Then we say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travail. I'm going to pray because I'm in a crisis. It's a little late to pray then because the crisis has already come. We need to pray always with prayer and supplication. Don't get quiet on me now. We need to pray when we don't feel like praying. We need to petition God for his mercy every day. I'm going to say to you today that I believe that it would be good for us to each day pray the prayer that says, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, give me peace in my heart. Give me, give me a love for you. Give me a passion for the saints of God. I want to pray until I have a breakthrough every single day of my life. And every piece of this armor that I've preached about today is found in our relationship with Christ. It doesn't come from our religious stand. We don't have the armor of God doesn't come because we showed up at church on Sunday. Come on. We don't have the armor of God because we are Christian. We get the armor of God out of relationship that comes out of prayer. Prayer is not a monologue of telling God our woes. But prayer is a dialogue of God speaking to us. I remember the time that God began to deal with my heart about my prayer life. I would have to tell you that my prayer life today is far different than it was when I was much younger. When I was much younger, my prayer life was talking to God till I ran out of words. Oh God, here's my prayer. Blah, 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 blah. I'm out of words, so uh, see you later, Lord. I don't have anything else to say. But when I learned that it was a monologue and that the Lord wanted to speak to me, most of my prayer is listening, not talking. Are you with me this morning? You know why? Because God wants to deposit some things in our spirit, man.
And we can't get them deposited in our spirit, man, because we don't spend time with him in prayer. It comes out of that relationship of knowing that God is speaking to us every single day of our lives. And he's crazy about you. Come on, did anybody ever hear me tell you that Jesus is crazy about you? Anybody ever hear me say that Jesus is crazy in love with you? That he just can't wait to talk to you? Hey, he can, this week has been a fun week. Me and my wife got to go on dates almost, we have three or four nights this week because we had things to do. So we've just been dating all week long. I told her this morning, it's been so much fun spending time with you this week. Yeah, I'm glad that we had obligations that, that, had, that we had to do together because it's been so much fun spending time with you this week. God is saying, I want to spend time with you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk to you. I want to put on the helmet of salvation in your life. I want to clothe you with my righteousness. I want to give you the sword of the Spirit. I want to empower you with the things of God. But I need you to come near to me. I need your heart to come near to me. I need to spend time with you and teach you my ways and show you my truths. Praise team, you can come. Romans 13 and 14 said, Instead, fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And don't waste even a moment thoughts on your former identity, awakening its selfish desire. I want to talk right there just for a minute in closing. Spend time with God. Immerse yourself in the Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And don't waste even a moment of your thoughts on your former identity, on the thing that you once was. Don't awaken your self-desires. Don't put your thoughts on that. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm not the sinner I used to be, but I've been saved by the grace of God. His righteousness covers me. That's where I'm going to put my thoughts. Romans 13 and 14. He said, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. When we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we have a place of prayer, when we have a relationship with him, I say, I've heard people preach, it's hard living for God. It's such a battle living for God. Let me tell you something. It's not hard to live for God when you learn about grace. It's not hard to live for God when you learn about peace. It's not hard to live for God when you walk in righteousness. It's not hard to live for God when you're saturated in his word. It's not hard to live for God when you're immersed in him. But I tell you what is hard. It's hard when you're living with one foot in the world and another foot in the church. It's difficult when you're trying to straddle the fence and one day you're trying to live this way, but on Sunday morning you're trying to live this way. Or when you try, you try to live as close as you can to the edge without falling over, it's difficult to stand and teeter-totter. And try to figure out how to walk through life in your flip-flops. Come on. How, how to run this race in your flip-flops. How, to, how, how, to, how am I going to make it on these flip-flops? I got a race to run. But all I got is a pair of flip-flops. Because I'm flipping and I'm flopping. I'm here today. I'm going tomorrow. I'm thinking about this today. But I'm thinking about something else the next day. But when we get our mind stayed upon him. And we get our foot firmly planted on Jesus Christ. It's easy to live for him. 
because his righteousness, his peace. He said, I make my mercies new every day. Every day I get up and it's like drinking a cup, of, a fresh cup of his mercy. How many get up every morning and make you a cup of coffee? I get up and I make me a fresh cup of mercy. Oh, man. Drink a little goodness of God this morning. Hmm. Boy, he's making his mercy new today. What about the thing that you did yesterday? It's yesterday. Today... I'm drinking from his goodness. I'm drinking from the pleasure of his goodness. His word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. And I am an overcomer. Come on, somebody say, I am an overcomer. Do you really believe that this morning? Do you really believe you're an overcomer? Listen, I mean, if you've never done anything wrong, you don't need to be an overcomer. I'm not, she's helping me out. <laughs> I am an overcomer. I've been through some battles. And there's been times that I've been knocked out. <laughs> there's times that I didn't really think I was running, but I was still crawling. Come on. I heard a preacher preaching just this morning. He was talking about, I can't remember the guy's name that played football and some, some past pro, I don't remember his name. But when they figured up his stats over all of his life of football, they realized that he had ran over nine miles in his career of football, carrying the ball, a running back, but he had only ran that nine miles four yards at a time four yards at a time you see how it is with God we we sometimes get knocked down but we got to get back up and run another four yards come on I'm not gonna let the devil beat me out I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna run another four yards and then I'm gonna run another four yards and I'm gonna run another four yards and guess what I got a first down I get to start over I'm gonna run four more yards and I'm gonna get knocked down but I'm going to get up and I'm going to run four more yards and I'm going to get up again because I'm a winner because I got the whole armor of God on. And I'm going to get another first down and eventually I'm going to get a touchdown. Come on, somebody say touchdown. He said, look forward the prize that's before you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't forget the high calling of God and his purpose in your life. Don't forget that he created you for something amazing. Don't forget that he has an identity for you that you have not fully experienced yet, but he's working on you. And get up and run four more yards. And eventually, it's going to be touchdown because I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I want to pray with you this morning. Prayer team can come.